letter opener. Right? Why did you give Steve a pointy object? Because I've never stabbed anybody. For <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, myself. <laughs> I've never stabbed anybody either. I have stabbed myself, however. Uh, oh. So what's up, boys? How are we doing today? I'm terrified. I'm just... This was your choice. Just so scared. Yeah. <laughs> So scared. We need a fork. There's still one table or one seat left at the table. Will you be the next to join? Let's find out. Coming up. On Probably the show. not after this. It's gonna scare everybody away. No. We got enough dirty people. It's episode two of Apex Live. I'm Brad. That's Steve. Steve, how you doing, sir? Uh, I'm great. How are you? Frightened. And I'm frightened because of what we have ahead of us. On what promises to be a very entertaining evening. We're recording on September 11th, 2017. We're 16 years after the terror attacks of September 11th, 2001. It's a day that, for all of us, is going to stay with us. It's our Kennedy assassination, it's our Pearl Harbor, and we'll get to all that a little later. But first, we have other things to talk about. Steve, you had, uh, when last we spoke, you had anniversary time coming up, and you went to go see It. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you? And uh-huh. You promised us You promised us a review. You, pro- <laughs> you promised us a review, so what's your review? First of all, you said you're going to Outback because you're, you refuse to get dressed up to go anywhere, uh-huh. and because they have decent stakes. So, did it disappoint? Did you get smacked by stuff at any point? Um, food was good. Service was good. Um, no real complaints. Didn't piss her off at all. Um, she had a few drinks, so that kind of helps. Steve! Steve! Uh, <laughs> Are you talking about me? <laughs> um, I whoop your ass! <laughs> I like how the, the imitated voice from our guest that has not yet been introduced <laughs> automatically goes straight to the level of a shrew, a horrible, horrible, wretched voice. That is so. That was so mean. No, 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 no. Don't turn that on Stephen me. Stephen King's It was... It was. It stayed true to the, the original film. Um, now, I've, I've never read the book. The CGI was good with it. It was, it was pretty... Um, there were some jumpy parts... Did they CGI uh, the clown? What are we CGIing here? Just uh, some of the the graphics coming after some, you know, a few of the people. Um, Monster. I mean, overall, I think it was pretty good. I've never seen this stuff, so this is um, all, this is all new to me. So watch the know. first one, the second one. Okay, and then I think you'll you'll probably like the second one. So this is the one with the clown that goes after kids and all that stuff. Yeah, it's well, the the fear of the clown is you know I guess that's a lot of children's fears. Clowns or you know it kind of brings them toward. Um, it's pretty much like an alien that takes shape in any kind of fear that you really have, your natural fear. Okay. As a human being. So if you fear dogs, then they'll take the shape of a dog eventually. Monster dog. Feeds on your fear. What if you fear Monster failure? Fear. 
then you'll uh, it, it might take the shape of you and show you failing at something you're afraid to fail at. Well, that's just weird. Yeah, it's that's weird. Stephen King's crazy, and he scares me, and I want no part of anything that he does. And I know talented guy, great writer, whatever, but he's just something is desperately wrong with him. Didn't he get hit by a car? Yeah, he, at some he point was, he was uh, confirmed just about dead. He was in a coma for a couple months, from what I read. So, Good yeah. Lord, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I like you know that. we got we got into this a little bit last time, and we said people suck, people yeah. are terrible. We all know that people are horrible. Amen. And one of the first things that we referenced was how whenever there's a bad situation like this, they'll show the video of the people being rescued and everyone coming together, and it's, yay, it's so great. And then, invariably, the looting will start, and we've decided that all the looters need to be shot. Well, it was not 36 hours later. There's video of looting already taking place in Florida, and there's a storefront with people running out with three and four boxes of new Jordans. Now, we use the example, how dare we stereotype, really. We use the example of televisions being taken, because you, you, know, you can't eat a television, yet it gets excused, because it's all about necessity. Well, they're but they're going to take Jordans. They're lighter. It's, I mean, why not? Well, it's a lot easier to carry the flat screens than it was the old giant tube TVs. Mm, it takes two people Vegas. to loot those. Yeah. Teamwork. However, yeah, it, that's what Looters we ain't working at teamwork. Looters. Come on, it's all figures out. No Lo- looting really supports teamwork, teaches teamwork. That's what we needed to, te- to, talk, to tell people. But we talked about that a little bit, and sure enough, it happens. So do we, do we get away from what we were saying before, or do we still agree they just all need to be shot? Because I'll tell you, the bookstores are safe. Yeah, no, uh, no looting of... Any kind of books. No, but nobody's reading. breaking into the bookstore. Nobody's going to the library. Going finally, I can complete my Tom Clancy collection. We can go in and get everything that we were missing. The reference books on how to get a better job. You, you just recently completed your your training to be an electrician. Hey, what else would be safe though? What other shops you think would be safe? Vacuum shop. They ain't going after the carpet cleaners. Well, maybe for later, for part of the cleanup, you, they, you, know, you may need to get ahead of the game on that. They were Jordans, not work boots. And who's go- and that, going? Bingo. Nobody's watching the Lexus dealer. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it's our, only two feet of water. And our, right. our unnamed guest drops in the Christopher Titus reference. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> well, we may as well point. we may as well not wait. We do have a guest. This is the first time we've had a guest, but that's not all that surprising. This is only episode two. Our guest is part of Apex. He's the co-creator of Apex. He's been there since the beginning. He, he's he been here longer than Steve. Oh. And yet Steve's the co-host of the podcast. Isn't Steve it funny how that works? <laughs> oh, boy. He's the he's, face of our radio. He's here. He's loud. He's <laughs> yeah, opin- I have a face made for radio. That's great. <laughs> he's opinionated. He spent time in the Northeast. And he has a fight announcement coming up. And no. we have several Apex-related fight announcements coming up here. And we'll break that in a little later. So... Oh, wait, they can't see me if I wave? No. Oh. Hi. I was looking Keep down. It makes a noise. I was looking down. Did he wave? Mm-hmm. He. Tammy's here, too. Both hands. Both hands. <laughs> it's fun. Wife Tammy is here, too. I can say wife now. And and the eyes just light up when I say wife. Uh, he's this. here. In about 20 years, hurt. probably not. Oh, yeah, oh, my God. They can't see that. They can feel it. I can see this. Is this my music? I get music. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. 
We're boxing people, so we love entrance music. Uh-huh. Joining us as our first guest ever with wife Tammy. Let's go, come on. Let's see if I can get the pronunciation of the last name correct. It's not Marquette. Wait for it. It's not Market. It's not Markeret. It's not Marquet. Marker. It is Dave Markert is here with us. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, thank you. Now, whenever this music plays, I'm an Arrested Development fan. I don't know if Job is going to come out and do his magic show or not. That's what I was waiting for. That is my music. Thank you. I will make sure to sing along with that every time. Of course you will. Dave, thanks for coming in. Our, um... Our primary topic tonight, as we said, was September 11, 2001. We'll, we'll get into some other topics as well. You brought your top five NES games list. Oh, yeah. Which was crudely scribbled on the back of a receipt. Because I had them in, in mind. I just had to <laughs> translate them to paper for proper access. Of course. It says CTE, Children's Television Entertainment. I just watch too much. <laughs> CTE's really starting to become a problem amongst our group, I'm afraid. <laughs> got to put that parental block on that channel, I'm telling you. (sighs) September 11th was a day that we all, we were all greatly affected. I was 19 at the time. Dave, you were, you were still 19. You were about to turn 20. Um, Steve, how old were you in September of, of 2001? 20. That was something that, you know, I was in, I was in the middle of a trend. You're older than me. Yeah. Old fart. Wow. It's okay. I was in the middle of a transitional period in my life. Um, Dave, you were in college at that point. Yep. Um, Steve, were you, you are you're a military veteran. Are you, were you active duty at that point? Um, yeah, I was in South Dakota at the time. You were. <clears throat> yep. That was such such a pivotal time. I think we were just coming out of a recent election. Bush had just taken office in January of that year. This happens nine months, not even nine months into that tenure. Tammy, you were. Not quite 13. Wow. You were 12. You were not quite she 13. Four. She was pissed they were interrupting our freaking TV shows for this stupid wartime thing. Like, what the hell? Bring back the freaking Teletubbies. Hey, SpongeBob is important, okay? SpongeBob. Yeah. Yes, the priorities are Spo- didn't know SpongeBob was such a vital consideration in the terms of national security. I'll never do that again. I'm sorry. But we were, uh, but I think back to where we were at that point. And you know, Dave, you're the guest. Go first. Where Where were you on that day? That was a t- That was a Tuesday in the middle of September. It was a perfect time for them to pull something because it was It was exactly that yeah. for us. For everyone else, it was just a random day Tuesday. in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the fall, or, or in early fall. For them to do such a thing, I know you were in college at the time, and our our paths and our memories of that day kind of intersect as well. Mm. And that was obviously well before I knew Steve, or either was knew Steve. But just you know, where were you at that at that time? What were you doing? What what was your life like at that point? And then what was that day like? I was just a student, a college student. You know, literally woke up Tuesday, got ready. We. Turn on music. We didn't turn on TV or anything. We now, were you at music. Penn State then, or were you Penn, Penn State Hazleton, or you weren't at ESU yet? Penn State Hazleton. Okay. In the nicer of the dorm rooms, which was, is where? Because there are people listening to this. Where is Penn State Hazleton? Penn State Hazleton. You head up uh, northeast corner of Pennsylvania. Find Route 80, crosses the whole freaking United States. Just follow it out a little bit, and you run right into Hazleton. And literally, it's just off the exit. It's right there. It's on the cliffside, basically. So, how far from New York? 
Uh, well, Stroudsburg, where I lived, was only an hour and a half, depending on traffic and all that. It really wasn't that far from where we used to live, and then another 45 minutes, so about two hours, two and a half hours, depending on, uh, from Hazleton. You could go right to the city. Um, woke up, just getting ready. We put on music. We didn't know. We go to get breakfast at the the cafeteria. <clears throat> well, the attacks happened, you know, right before yeah. nine o'clock. And a few it. minutes before nine, a few minutes after. We were just rolling in there, and I look up, and I just remember I was like, "Why is this building on fire?" And everybody's staring. I'm like, "All right, what's going on?" Well, this plane just hit, and we're not sure. And as she's explaining it to me, you see the second plane come and bank, and I'm like, uh, "This doesn't look right." They hit. And, of course, everybody knows the story from there. You know, I, we went to class, even though everybody said, we shouldn't go to class this, that, and the other. We're like, right. you know, listen, we're going to do what we got to do here. Um, but everybody's ears were open. Everybody's paying attention. Any, any kind of weird stuff kind of got a head turn a little bit faster. Everybody's on edge, that's for sure. But it was just suddenly, holy crap. Mm-hmm. You know, our country is actually being attacked. And it really hadn't occurred to us on that scale that it could... Really, it hadn't occurred to us. Ever. Well, and on our on our soil, <clears throat> soil for the first time yeah. since December seven of forty one with Pearl Harbor, yeah. we had not been hit on our soil in almost sixty years at that point, which is a startling thought whenever you look at it in those terms. For all the conflicts we'd been in, World War Two is when you know that was our entrance into World War Two. But we dealt with Korea, we dealt with Vietnam, we had some scattered conflicts here and there after that point, but still. You know, we dealt with Iraq over there in Desert Storm in the early '90s. Yeah. Nothing ever on our soil, and for that to happen was just startling. And I immediately thought, you, you know, you're in the Northeast. I knew how close you were, especially in Stroudsburg. But for where you were at that time, you are you're dealing with a circle of people who are directly tied to that place, one or two degrees of separation at most. For a lot of people, you were just around at that point. Okay. Well, we actually had friends that worked in the city. I mean, like I said, in Stroudsburg, you have people just commute into the city. It's way cheaper, even drive an hour. Um, one of the guys, he was in the building next to it. The first one hit, they got out of there, of course. But, you know, they were they. he talked about all the chaos on the ground there just from that time that he was leaving the door, getting in his car, and leaving to go home. I mean, people didn't just hang around to see what was going on. You know, it's, a lot of them left. Now, yes, you did have the bystanders, at least from what I've heard. Well, and the people who couldn't who couldn't get out. Yes, and people that were worried about those who couldn't get out, of course. You know, but I'm kind of glad that a lot of them were made to get in the car, go home, just go, go, get out of here. Right. And actually, hopefully, some people down in Florida and everything with this past hurricane are doing the same thing. Just get in your cars, go. Don't worry about that silly stuff. Just it does appear like this time, you know, on that on that subject, it look, at least this time, it looks like they left. Instead of saying we're going to ride it out, most of the ones who could get out did, and they didn't, you know, decide that bravado was far more important than than taking the safe way out. Steve, where were you? <clears throat> I was in South Dakota at the time. Um, woke up from you know somebody pounding on my door at the uh, the dorm that I was staying in. So you were you were in the you served Air Force, mm-hmm. correct? Yep, I was a, a military police officer. So they so they come. So you were in charge of keeping other people yeah. in line. Yeah. So uh, oh, that explains a lot. It was wow, fun. it was fun. So they pound on my door. Um, they're talking about a, a plane hitting the trade, you know, trade tower or whatever. Um, so we we go to uh, the security first squadron there. Everybody gathers up. They do a debriefing. My main 
And first question was, was it a uh, commuter plane or was it airline? Right. So I thought maybe it could have been an accident. We didn't really have any Well, details. we all thought that. After that that immediate burst, it was always – because you know, it happened with the Empire State Building. It's happened other times in the past. No matter what the situation was, yeah, your first thought is there is no way yeah. that someone would do X, Y, Z. Now you're hoping. No. I think and South changed. Dakota how, is how much of a time difference from the East Coast? Is it one or two hours? I can't remember if it's Central or Mountain. Pretty sure it's central. Um, I can't really remember. It's a life. But you're still dealing six or seven a.m. Yeah, I mean that was uh, still you know it was pretty early, um, and really life changed after that on that base for a good period of time. Um, Senator Tom Daschle, he was a really big proponent of war. He was from South Dakota, right? Mm -hmm. Representing South Dakota. The main strike base for for, uh, Afghanistan was Ellsworth. Um, The B one bombing. The B one bombers were scrambled. That better uh, be Jesus calling, Steve. It was my son. But the B one bombers they were scrambled from that area. Um, we wore full gear for sixteen hours a day for eight months. So it was a constant state of yeah. readiness from that point for that reason. Well, you you remember the um, the uh, crop duster scenario that they had from um, we'll say Canada or whatever. People would buy those, rent them, oh, come, and they would dump yes. all the anthrax or whatever. Yeah. Right. We actually had some uh, some letters and things that were mailed to uh, generals and other things where we had to lock down the base. Wow. And you know, you know, it was it was pretty hectic for like I said, eight months to a year. Well, I mean, this is you have an experience so different from mine or Dave's or, or most people's because you were so directly tied into the military side of this and that immediate response mm-hmm. where, okay, we've got to get ready. We've got to do something. We've got to activate X, Y, or Z, yeah. but we still don't exactly know where we're headed. Mm-hmm. So you were in the midst of that. I was, I was 19. I had just had a really terrible experience. My first shot at college and it worked a whole lot better the second time when I actually wanted to go. But it had not gone well at all, and I decided I was going to take just a year to kind of get things settled back in. I was working at a job I hated. I had just left it and was so glad to be out of it. Was that the... Uh... That was the call center. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, goodness. <laughs> neither he, Harvey... He had a case of the fuckets from the get-go for that one. I mean, neither... I mean, he says he worked hard and everything, but I, he just hated it. I did, but I hated it. He just it. hated it. Neither Harvey nor Irma blew as much as that job did. Oh. So, I was here, and uh, I remember my dad at the time was doing outreach for the Children's Health Insurance Program, and they were having a meeting at the Board of Education, which is, you know, half a mile from my house. The first plane hit... And they immediately started getting people out of where they were. And that's a government building, so they had to leave. So he comes back here. I am dead asleep. You know, Now I'm an insomniac. I can't sleep and do anything. Back then, oh, goodness, I could sleep for days. So ah, the good old days. So at 9 a.m., I'm dead to the world. And apathy. I wish I had apathy. Man, that would feel good right now. <laughs> apathy makes me happily. Used to have All a song right, from okay. Sean. I used to have a song by Sean Morey called "The Apathy Song" from Bob and Tom that was perfect. But he came in and woke me up, and he said, "He just said, hey, wake up! Somebody flew a plane into the World Trade Center.'" And of course, when those are the first words you hear when you wake up in the morning, it's uh-huh. what? Let me go back to sleep. Yeah, Somebody's kinda, drunk and flying that's a, again. That's a tall order. 
So I wake up and come downstairs, and I, I get downstairs just in time to see the second plane hit. And you go, okay, that's on purpose. And, you know, it's funny, we're, we're in southern West Virginia. We're how far away from New York City? And we thought at that point, for that period of time, which is a relatively short period of time, we thought New York was it. We thought New York was the target. New York was the only thing that they were going for. And despite being this far away, the first thing that immediately crosses your mind when anything this catastrophic happens is you, you want to reach out to people that you know are nearby. You want to make sure everybody's okay because you don't know if it's limited or not. And there are three people I talked to that day. I talked to my brother, Kenny, who was living in Huntington at that time. I talked to you. And I talked to a girl who I haven't spoken to in 15 years. But I remember, I remember very clearly that day, just just talking to everybody and making sure they're okay. And then it was that just that immediate dialogue of, okay, who are we going to go bomb? How are we going to get some payback? What's coming next? Is it going to be the West Coast? Is it going to be the Midwest? Is it going to be, you know, more in New York? Is it going to be DC? And then we find out about the Pentagon. Yeah. And we'll talk more about the Pentagon oh, yeah. here in a minute because part of that still does not quite add up. Imagine. And Steve's grimacing, so this is right. This is right up that Steve Randolph you, you alley. Any yeah. Burger King, right? Huh? You any Burger King? None. All right, he's grimacing for. Yeah. He, he wants to say something. Well, we can rule out the Burger King sponsorship. Thank you. So that's out. There goes uh, Neewer and uh, Burger King. <laughs> yeah, Neewer's probably not there. So after you well, enlightened everyone, hey, we're going to lose our Al Qaeda funding too with this. <laughs> we're just we're alienating everybody. Well, they Ste- can't see Tammy, so it's okay. Plus, she's talking, so yeah. we, we just lost that. Steve pointed out <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Steve pointed out that if you Steve pointed out if you rearrange the the letters in the word Neewer, which is our condenser mic brand that it spells wiener but incorrectly <laughs> and both of you would know that had you listened to episode one but i know you both will at some point because it's very entertaining didn't even know where to access it or else i would you didn't ask you didn't tell me but i remember shit. i remember what that day was like and i remember i remember it's getting this porn drive right don't ask don't tell that is a totally different deal i remember getting to the end of that day and realizing something that very few people in a generation ever realize. And that's that the world that I woke up to is not the world that I will go to sleep with. And it's not going to be the same on Wednesday or Thursday or in a month or in a year. Everything's going to change. And the only thing any of us were thinking about at that point was probably payback. Because we didn't really grasp how big it was. When those when those Twin Towers got hit, none of us were watching them burn on national television. Well, you know, I don't know if you, Dave. I don't know if you did, Steve. I don't know if oh, you did. Yeah. But in that hour or so after it happened, none of us ever even considered the fact that they might fall. fall. We never imagined they would fall, and when they fell, that was the weirdest thing I think I've really watched as far as uh, yeah. building demolition. And I mm-hmm. call it demolition for a reason, but that's about the only time I've seen something like that happen. But it changed your view. It changed your view on everything. Because when you saw it fall and you think first responders, you think the people who didn't get out. You think the people that were on the floors that got hit by the planes. Yeah. Well, don't forget to... It feels like time stops. We always talk about the towers getting hit, but let's not forget what happened in the planes. You know, these were people that were... Absolutely. Great point. Out of nowhere, these people were traveling to go see loved ones for business, for pleasure, for fights, for... Gaming. Who the hell knows what they were going it's for? It's just another day. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's chaos. Maybe some people in the back didn't even know what was going on. And 
hellfire and brimstone before you know it. I mean, this is, we always talk about the towers, but I like to try and expand my perspective and see everything of the whole situation, which is why the Pentagon thing kind of doesn't seem to fit. But again, we're going to get that We'll later. get to that in a second. But I just I don't ever want to forget those people that were in there. And I liked that they made a movie out of well, Flight 119 or whatever it's called. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't remember. Honestly, I'm maybe terrible, maybe it was Flight 83 that, that yeah, went down whatever. in Shanksville. Yeah, but. that was Pennsylvania, too. Yeah, Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I remember they went down. That actually caught everybody's attention because they're like, wait, there's one in Pennsylvania now? Mm-hmm. But at least they they fought back. But I don't think they should have glorified as much as it was put out there to be. Actually, I really kind of lost faith in humanity when they put that in the theaters. Well, there were, number one, that that monetized it immediately. And that's, that's our default position on everything. Monetize whatever you can. Mm-hmm. But the second thing that stands out to me is the confusion of that day. Because we now, we know now four planes went down. We know there were two, two in New York, one at the Pentagon, one in Shanksville. If you go back and look at the news coverage from that day, there was discussion that there was supposedly a car bomb in Washington, D.C. There were supposed to be other planes that were headed toward L.A. Uh and Chicago and all these other different places. It's the hysteria that goes with any situation like that, but... But there was no way of knowing what was was true and what wasn't, and that's what we were trying to work with at that time. And in the middle of all of these things going on, we have that kind of stuff getting thrown around that no one can keep straight. No one had any idea what was going on at that point. So I, I really think back to, to how potent that day was, how vivid my memories are of that day were. And, you know, for the first little bit of time, we were all together. And everything was great. After such a hard-fought campaign, it was Bush and Gore in 2000. And it was such a hard-fought campaign. There was so much fire going back and forth. It was such a close election. You had the controversy of everything in Florida with the hanging chads. And, you know, it wasn't – the election itself wasn't decided until well after that. Everything finally, finally gets settled. That happens. There's all that confusion. And then finally we're together. We're all together. The day after this – enemy. The day after this, you've got all of Congress – on the on the steps of the Capitol building, singing "God Bless America," Flags we will rebuild. House, churches are full. People saying hi to their neighbor, you know, wishing them well. And what happened a week later? Bickering, backbiting, and hate. You cut me off, you son of a bitch. That, but in, your even, dog took a shit in my lawn. But even Fuck in you, it's America. But even within West Virginia, huh? Does it have to be West Virginia? That was. That was Kentucky. That was, that was Alabama, Kentucky. Oklahoma, yeah, anywhere was, there are people that do that. That w- that did sound like the heart of, well, we're not going to get into Kentucky. That'll be uh, a few months from now. But that's how quickly it went away. And what you found out was what the true colors are. You yeah. found out the true colors because after the initial hit of emotion went away, you found out what was real again. <laughs> and nobody really wanted to talk about that mm-hmm. because it's a, little, it's a little too real at that point. Well, I love our slogan is never forget, but... We forgot. We forgot him. And that's that's where we were going. That's where we were going next. We are sixteen years, guys. Sixteen years after what happened, mm-hmm. and we. And this is the best way that I know how to put it. You all just fire away with whatever you got. We don't live like September eleventh ever happened. We live in a perpetual state of September tenth. Yeah. We live like it's September Actually, that's 10th. That's the best way to. Over and over again. And when you compare what happened 
as a re- what has happened as a result of September 11th, and that's not just the changes we've made; it's the changes we've allowed. Patriot we have given Act. we have given Patriot Act is a great is a great example. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which created all kinds of secret courts, that has become a major issue as well. We have allowed that to take place. The ones who haven't forgotten are the one, are not the ones who are making the rules. They took the people who have created things like the FISA courts, the mm-hmm. things like the Patriot Act, that have ceded power from something like that. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who took a situation and made the most of it. They ca- all they did was capitalize. They didn't do anything for us. They capitalized upon it. Okay. By the same token, the very things that are still threatening us, people can talk all they want about how you know there have been no major terrorist attacks on the United States since then. Maybe not, but there's been a whole lot of small ones. What about Boston? Boston. Boston's a great example. And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, terrorist attacks before that happened either. I'm sorry. It's not like we were on the chopping block and then all of a sudden something terrible happened. No. Mm-hmm. This is kind of... It's, it can happen. And if people don't need guns... No. Um, no. I think we've already... Pressure cr- cookers. Yeah, you don't need guns. You don't need dynamite. That's you it. could do box cutters. Shoot, you can even use this for ceramics, mm-hmm. vehicles, cars. I mean, anything is a weapon if you want it to be. Let's stop. What do they teach you in martial arts? What do they teach you... In close quarter combat. What does boxing turn you into? Anything is a weapon. Anything. Anything can be a weapon if you decide oh, it, that's it's war. going to be a weapon. All is fair in love and war. We, we forget that. are right. We absolutely do. We're the only ones with the rules. We're the ones with the bombs. So how so how do we get to this point? And I know how we get to this point. <clears throat> but how did, why was it allowed to become this way? That, yes, we live in, in a state of September 10th, but... Anyone who's ever read 1984 realizes that 16 years after 9-11, we are living in 1984. That's a book, people. Yes, and that needs to be said. That needs to be said that that's a book, because a lot of people have no idea that it's a book. I know a lot of people just got insulted by that, but I hate to say it. We actually had to say that. The people who got offended by that I probably to need to read know. the book. There's also a film that's pretty good. Yeah. So if you, get I've a not, you know, I've never seen the film version. It's, I, I'm, it's I'm hoping it does justice to to the to the book. It's good. But pre September 11, 2001, already the PC police were starting to clamp down. That happened in in the 90s. One of my favorite movies is PCU for a reason. Oh, it's because it was. It's more appropriate now than it was when it was made in in the mid-90s. But when you turn on the news now, listen to podcasts now. Please listen to get, and for, and <laughs> We love you. And I hate this, but social media is a great example. Mm-hmm. The concept from 1984 in that Orwellian society of the thought police is a very real thing now it's that's why yeah, that's why we are here doing this where it's free from regulation and all those kinds of things instead of maybe pursuing something on a local radio station because if you say the wrong thing Fuck. to the wrong person at the wrong time if you Ass. have the wrong belief Bitch. if you have the wrong idea mm-hmm. it is immediately not just going to get thrown off the air there's not just going to be you know someone getting reprimanded it's it's far beyond that. There are people whose lives are being ruined, not because they believe something that is going to be right or wrong. Someone else is deciding right or wrong in terms that are fluid and are never even consistent. And people's lives are never the same as a result. And that is, if that is not thought police, if that is not forced conformity, 
then what is? And Steve, I know that not just in a libertarian sense, but in a common sense way, that is one of your biggest issues. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I think everybody should be able to speak their mind whenever they they should, you know, feel that they have the need to do that. But isn't you know? that a lost art? Isn't that why we're here? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I'm here. I mean, there's no, like I said, there's no FCC. We don't have any worry with that. Um, we don't have any kind of political agenda. Everything's pretty much open. But the other um, thing that's lost is the actual art of conversation. Even yeah. in this kind of yeah. setting, we're taking turns. We're listening. We're not just waiting for our turn to speak. We're listening to each other so that we can have an actual give and take, reciprocating uh, of ideas. Even if I don't change your mind, I really don't care. You're still my buddy. And I might piss you off, but at the same time, I really don't think you care that much to carry that grudge with you. I hope not, anyway. If all you do is rant and rave and run your mouth and then leave, that's not dialogue. That's a monologue. That's a lecture. I did kill a with a book once, so. Was it Touchdown for Tommy? No. It <laughs> I, bet it, I bet it was Touchdown for Tommy. It was Briar Rabbit. <laughs> I believe that's Briar Rabbit. Briar Rabbit, shut up. All right. We know what you mean. Those are Please don't throw me into that Tahoe. Hey, whatever. I didn't write it. I love that story. <laughs> tarn feather. Oh, Finny. One There's of the worst ways to die, tarn don't feather. Don't throw me into that bri patch. One of the worst ways to die. You know, Dave's accents can always create real trouble for anyone who's listening and isn't real sure what he means. But it's okay, though. Uh, he knows what he means. He means well. So here's my question. Yeah, but they don't, actually. If they really want to come, be mad at me, fine. Here's my question for both of you. <laughs> We've talked about the fact that 9-11 has been forgotten. It's been forgotten by the Senate. It's been forgotten by most of our leadership on state levels, local levels. I think the local people probably have a better grip on it than the federal people do at this point because they remember it so vividly and they've been in positions for that long. Can we reverse it? Do you see a way to reverse it? Another common enemy. And I don't mean, I don't mean on our level. I think we get it. But in terms of what they do... Is there a way? Is there a way to reverse that trend? No, as, there's as not. Much as we get it, you can't say that we do, and it's the leadership and all this because really, it's not. The apathy is spread so far into just the everyday. Well, when I say us, Tom, I mean, Dick, and Joe. I mean, I mean us. I mean, I, yes, I mean us, us three, and usually, pretty much anybody listening to this should have a decent head on their shoulders to understand the situation and stuff and have a little uh, care and compassion for your fellow American. I hope that doesn't piss anybody off. It, it does will. screw you. It does every time. Well, you're in America. You're living next to me. You're my fellow American. You know, people are people. You want to believe something else, fine. Just shut up and leave me alone. You know, <clears throat> I remember this event today that happened 16 years ago. Yes. Do I think about it every day? No. Um, people have their... TV shows on every day that's going on. They have their sports. I don't know if, I mean, you could really get any more than a day out of it. Uh, you know, really. But do we need to hold on to it that hard? I mean, it, are there, I mean, are there, uh, this is just a good way. I just saw this. There are certain parts and things that we should learn and hold on to. Should we hold on to that moment and be stuck there forever in a, in a moment of paranoia um, and hysteria? And carry that with us because I think that's kind of what's led us to where we are. You know, everybody's so hysterical about every little thing that now it's just getting blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. You know, or are we just becoming the same ignorant idiot selves pre 9 11? Well, you can let that lets the little stuff slide through, or, you know, the, the, 
this all right after I just made the comment about the people on the plane, the people mm-hmm. that sit there and let them with box cutters. You know, I'll risk myself. I'll, I'll be the first crazy son of a bitch to throw myself at him. I say, listen, I'm going to block him. You go get him. But no one wanted to be the first. I don't blame and, him. And, I, I really don't blame him. I, I don't. I that, don't either. In that moment, in the heat of it, I don't blame him knows? for not wanting to jump on. But now, now, would people do that knowing that this is possible? That this is the level they took it to before, or would they say, "Oh, they pro- they may just want to take us hostage"? We've been reading. Have we about- learned and grown that much? That's as really just the- normal sheep. We keep looking at leaders, but even we we forget that people every day. And yes, I call them sheep. Sorry, but it's okay. We are. You still have your flight fighter freeze. I mean, yeah. and people that don't train don't really understand the fight or the flight. It's mostly freeze. But isn't that the you know. the larger point? Is that we don't have to remember the exact emotion as we felt that day. No, that you'd be stuck in can, that moment forever. But we can, and there are people who are. Yes. But we can let that go, and still keep the lessons that we should have learned and well, obviously did not. You know my motto, and I've said it: power through pain. Make the hurt worth something. Well, you have a lot of mottos. Uh, you have a lot. <laughs> you have a lot of mottos. And Tammy, wow, have a lot of catch lines. The nods, tag-free. and there was no smile either. It was just, oh my gosh, the mottos. But really, you have to make the hurt worth something. Mm-hmm. You can't just hold on to it and say that it hurts. Say that it hurts. Use it, grow, get better. Every defeat, every you know punch that you take, can I do it better? Well, it needs at to least, matter. at least, make it worth something. Make that pain, make that price worth yes. it. One of the most startling things that I've ever heard in my life. I'm a listener of the Bob and Tom Show. I've listened to Bob and Tom since 1998, so uh, it's almost 20 years I've listened <laughs> to that show. I'm not a Howard Stern show listener. I'm just not. But Howard Stern has, uh, you know, still does, has a very successful radio show that's come out of New York since the early 80s. The movie that he made called Private Farts, <laughs> the semi-autobiographical picture that he made is hilarious. One of pig my, vomit. One Looks of my, like a pig, makes me want to vomit. One of my favorites. Great movie. He has always been from New York. Once the show went national, that's a New York show. And I was a, I found a copy of that show from that morning. And I think we have a whole lot of people who have forgotten the lessons of that day and the fear from that day. And it's, you know what? It's okay to be afraid. Mm -hmm. It's totally okay to be afraid. People need to listen to that show from that day. They had been on the air for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half at the point where the first plane hit. And yet... As soon as it happened, they went right on about their business. Sure did they, were, they were talking about Howard having gone out and partied one night with Pamela Anderson. He was recently divorced at the time. Went out with Pamela Anderson. They went to a strip club. They're making fun of him because they think he had a chance to go home with her that night, and he didn't. The plane, Good for him. That's a good point. Yeah. The plane hits... But we'll never know. And that kind of gets their attention. They talk about it for a second, and they go right back to what they were talking about before. And then things change. And they change quickly when they find out what happened right after that. And we'll come back with a highlight from that right after this. Feel like I'm back in college. You realize this was pre-college for you, right? 
so yeah. That's what they listen to. This is junior high. Yeah, really. Yeah, actually, this was junior high. That was hard. Wow. They did well for what they did. They had like one album. They got higher up, upbeat REM. They, they can do it. That's Sorry. a good. That's a good feel. Blues Traveler kicked their ass. So yeah, Blues, tra- Blues Traveler, Traveler rock though. I like it. For those of you who don't know, that's the Spin Doctors and Two Princes. Can you name any other song from that album? Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Little Miss nice. Can't Be Wrong. Yep. That's how I used to call my cousin. She hated it because she was never wrong. Great song. I love that <laughs> Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. It is a great song. It's part two of Apex Live. I'm Brad. That's Steve. That's Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. I mean... Straight straight out of junior high. Sorry. He's just locked in junior high mode, isn't he? Um... I was just about to say something about four non-blondes, and then you said, hey, Dave. And so the only four, real blonde. Four non-blondes. Four non-blondes? The old... I think they were a group, right? They were a group. Okay. And I tell you, Dave is not just blonde. Dave's really blonde. Hey. He's like peroxide blonde. He is now not a non-blonde. He is a one of the blondes. <laughs> I am the blonde. The, the Why only are you blonde. laughing? He's a fifth member in four non-blondes. <laughs> four non-blondes and one blonde. And one blonde. That would just be four non-blondes and Dave. <laughs> yes, I like it. Yeah, uh, we'd go with that. Or as he's known in some circles, the Aryan. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Look, I got enough trouble being white. Let's not throw that out there. <laughs> Thank you. He doesn't have the full problem. You would see had to look at Cooper now. The like, eyes, hey, the the eyes are what Dave throws people off. That. Dave's got those those weird two eyes of you know one, each eye is a different color. So what's that called? Huh? What's what? that? Malmute. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called retarded, but uh, Horner syndrome. Horner syndrome. Yeah. That's cool. So what? Now we're gonna reveal my kryptonite weakness. What, is there something wrong with that weird eye? I'm pointing at it for those of you who love the movie Wayne's World 2. That's the eye that's looking at you or me? Which one? Hey, hey, hey. Where are you going there? I just want to know which one no is... No wondering eye. I just want to know which one's the eye of the tiger. I'm not real sure. I would say it's the right one. Because if we've learned anything that about... tigers. If we've learned anything tiger about fish. boxing over the years, it's that... At least eye of once, the tiger. At least you need once, the eye of the tiger. Come on. At least once in your career, you have to come out the eye of the tiger... Against your will, and that usually happens at a tough man. That happens at a tough man contest. Happens a lot. Dude, they just put on whatever music, and most of the time, it's like some kind of rocky theme. Well, the other thing that we learned about boxing is that boxers, because they're boxers, have to eat lasagna because of the Rocky movies, and we found that out from Dave's mom, and it was absolutely hysterical. Some I can't remember the context of it, but it was. I she was saying I need something about yeah, something about carb loading, and that she would make lasagna. And then something about... I'm going to go right back into the music a little bit. I like it. Um, It was something about Rocky. Yeah, Rocky ate lasagna. Rocky's Italian. He also drank like a dozen raw eggs. I ain't doing that. Yeah, I forgot about that. I drank a few raw raw eggs. I tried it once. I drank one raw egg. and You all have done the raw egg. I've never done that again. I've done four at a time for about two months. No. Dude, get a raw egg. No. Drink it. Never. It doesn't taste like anything. No, it's kind of got a weird, uh, uh, nasty amino acidy flavor to it. Maybe it's the raw protein. Probably. That would be, I mean, my first guess. <laughs> um, raw protein. I'll drink one right now. I'm hungry again. Steve, just leave the raw <laughs> protein comments. <set> there. <laughs> I was, Don't even do it. 
egg protein. I was going to say, I've been storing for at least two days, so, I mean, we're good. <laughs> it's, always, it's always good to hold them back, but don't hold it too long. They get, they get old. They, they turn start blue. They start fighting each other. <laughs> Turns blue, they can fall off, you know. Still, yeah. <clears throat> that is an old wives' tale. That is not true. No matter what you've tried to tell other people in the past, that is not true. And yeah, just like wearing boxers true. makes it no, longer. That, no, Tammy. No matter what he has told you one. in the past, that is not true. Wait, what? Uh, Tammy, what did I tell her? Tammy is shocked and unhappy right now. I am. What are we talking about? I was. A relationship is based on truth, not lies, Dave Market. <laughs> I might have been lying. Honestly, I don't know. I could have been thinking I was telling the truth. Were you paying such little attention that you yes. don't know what we're referencing? Tammy, no. do you want to tell him? Yeah. I'll let him figure it out. Now, come on. you got to help me. <laughs> I'll lie until I get laid for like the fourth time, and then I'll tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. I have a girlfriend. I have kids. About? You know, that kind Revolve. of stuff. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I know what you're talking about. They do exist. Oh, we're talking about... Yes, they do exist. They're no, horrible. what doesn't exist is the fact that they might fall off. No, and what I really so after that, I it said, feels like your guts are going to fall out. Actually, here's what I'm concerned about. It feels about. like you've been kicked in the like. It's an internal organ hanging on the outside of your body. Come on, yeah, I'm concerned about how we're going to turn this back to the subject that we were initially talking about because that could not be further from what we're discussing right now. True. Um, you want me to give it a try? No, I don't want you to, because uh, I've got it queued up right here. Right. What we were going to talk about here on part two... I'm getting serious again. Yeah. Part two, which is just already flying off the rails. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about what it was like that day for the people in close proximity, and we've got a little bit of Howard Stern's radio show from that point, and hopefully they don't hear this and sue us as well, but... You really can't sue us if we don't have anything to get. It's the Howard Stern we're poor. show. And we're yeah. all we're all poor, and this we're is, giving them credit. And plus, let's not forget this: it's on YouTube. Oh, yeah, well, it's, it's it's on YouTube. It's so yeah. this just turned into public domain. Um, this is a little. This is right around that moment when they find out that it has been two planes, and we'll just kind of. A second plane Listen just crashed into oh one. Stop it! A second plane. Wait a minute! Two different buildings. Two they are two Howard buildings, and that is lower. So it's a terrorist attack, isn't it? Just, that, that's you what they're saying. It's, it's got to be. It's gotta be. Somebody just called oh, my goodness. Oh, no. A second plane might have crashed, and a second building is on fire. Why does everyone go to the World Trade Center? What do they do there? It's, it's, a, it's a big the target. Landmark it's just, in the it's, world it's the biggest landmark in the world, really, isn't it? It's the tallest. And it's a place where people can be killed. Like, you can't take down the, the Statue of Liberty. Right. Nobody's going to be killed there. <coughs> hey, maybe I should put the sound on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, count, we've got count two. Yeah, sound. give me some sound. What's all that sound on? Like flying in the air. You see that that like papers or something. Well, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of debris and stuff. And this will be a good opportunity for me when to act like Dan Rather. Yes, bank. you can practice. Because I'm going to be When them. they call. Does this scare you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does scare me. We're totally too lax in this country. I'm trying to tell you. Tell me if you're ready. Did you see that movie, Swordfish Hour? Now at the scene, we should tell you that uh, approximately 40,000 people work in the World Trade Centers between the two towers, each building 110 stories tall. And joining us on the phone again is, uh, is John McLennan. He works at 200. I hope it's not Captain James. And uh, has witnessed some of this, some of this unfold. As it, have we, just before 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. Hello? Just before, uh, John, you still with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Just before 9 o'clock this morning, in an unbelievable 
event happened, catastrophic event. A plane crashed into the World Trade Center Tower Number 1 not more than three minutes ago. A second explosion happened at Tower Number 2. Uh, we're being told that it could have been another plane, although what we saw was just an explosion. Mm -hmm. And again, Michael, you said 40,000 people work at Jeez. World Trade Center. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're, we're efforting uh, reporters on the scene are trying to get down there. Marcella Palmer, namely, as many others that we have uh, called in and heading down there. We're trying to get uh, people who have been eyewitnesses to this to call us so that we can hear what they know and what they've seen. We're hearing that it could have been a Boeing 737 or an Airbus from one of our witnesses. So it was um, two planes? We're not still sure. So you think it was two really planes? To be They're not sure. On the second World Trade Center tower. They don't know. But if it was a one of those five planes, those are even this point. We're always playing the background a little no bit until they get that on, video. On the injuries, as Lisa mentioned, we have but, no knowledge. I mean, already at this point, people confusion involved. However, concern. Our producers are telling us now that nobody has any idea. Video that, tape. Oh. Here we go. Of the second plane, and you can oh. see it there. No. Where? No. I didn't see it. Oh, oh whoa! Oh, my God. We we're under attack. And from our vantage point, yeah, clearly difficult to tell. We're under attack. What type of plane that is, but it's a horrific scene. That's and oh all right. We've just been told God. also, Michael. Sorry, the New York Stock Exchange is, is being evacuated. Yeah, and it, ch and it changes that quickly. Yeah. It changes that quickly. From, this may be. This may be an accident. This may be. You know, an isolated incident, and then they find out for sure that it's the second one. And this is something that's that's really... You know who it is. They're all ready to start bombing, and I like that that's still going in the background. But just for the sake of context... There it is, yep, I see it. I'm just going to go go forward to a random spot. What are you saying, Tom? I went upstairs and told everybody... ...on this particular thing, but once I hear he's preparing an attack... Level the country, level the country he lives in. They're protecting him. By Korea. Why we, I mean, why and you go, care? you go we, hours we're later. A country that has it all. all the time an hour and a half level, later, and everybody's already ready to go level attack. them out. This was, this was the intensity of that day. And yet, are we ready to go do it? We have people ready to talk everyone out of any type of offensive work. Oh, no matter the situation now. Yes. Do we need, have we completely lost sight of what happened that day to that degree? You know, that clip summed it up, I think, pretty well. 40,000 people worked in that building. 40,000 people. The death toll from the four planes, from the Pentagon, and from the two trade was around 3,000. It is a miracle, not a minor miracle, yeah. a literal miracle, that the death toll is 3,000. That could have been five digits. That could have been twenty, thirty thousand people, had it been done in a, even a slightly different way. And yet we have reached this point where it's downplayed to that degree. All it has done since then is give birth to conspiracy theories as to how somehow, and this is my favorite, that Israel was responsible for it. Because Israel's sure are going to take something down like this on their biggest ally. That makes absolutely no sense. People want to attribute it to everything with the exception of what it was. We have learned nothing. We have gone back to where we were before September 11th in every possible way. So I'll ask again, with that in context, the mindset, the attitude toward all of it, can we reverse it? Can we get, can we get back to a point? I'm not saying we have to go back to what it was like that day. But in, you know, the weeks that followed that, where we had a better understanding of what needed to happen and how we needed to. And it's it is totally OK to say America first. We had a we had a presidential candidate get ridiculed 
and get raked over the coals for saying America first. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I'd like to have a, a president that says America first. Mm-hmm. I, I think it should be America first. After all, you are the president of the United, the States, United States of America. States. Yeah. What a crazy thought. But can, Not my president. Can we re- and you know what? Everyone who says, not my president... Uh, not only is he your president, he's still your president. Whether you like it or not, agree with him or not, I don't agree with half the stuff the man does, and I don't care. Guess what? He's still my president, just like Obama was my president for eight years, and Bush 41 was for eight years, and Clinton was for eight years, even when he was doing something not very presidential in the Oval Office. He he just seemed distracted. That's pretty presidential. No wonder we couldn't get bin Laden. He was distracted. Can we reverse course on this? Is there, a, is there a way to get back to a point? You don't have to get to that point, but can we make things better on a government level and even among the citizenry? Can we get back to a point with that mindset without, as Dave said, a common enemy, without something else happening again? Yeah. Can we get back to that, or will it take something like that again to shake us to our core and, and get get our minds straight again? The way uh, politics and society is now i don't think that there's a way to get it back um i think if uh, another event happened it would be blamed on the current regime right and that's a great point it would just uh just be chaos and i I, I don't know so is does the possibility exist at least in your mind that another event like that could have the opposite effect of what 9-11 did and further divide us I, i think it would be definitely opposite that's terrifying that is and you know that's a that's a vantage point i hadn't really thought of I had thought about how 9-11 galvanized us, how the same thing happened after Pearl Harbor, and you you heard the rally cries to bring everyone together again. And those were tough times in the early 40s anyway, late 30s, early 40s. We were still rebuilding after the, after the Depression and the stock market crash and everything that went on. Different type of people. Different type Harder. of people. Real, real people. Well, real tough uh, people. Yeah. Toughness is a lost art in every possible way. Mm-hmm. So you don't think there's not you don't think there that there is a way to do that even even with another event like that because of how polarized we've become. There's too many subcultures. There's too many uh, trains of thought. Too that, much division. They're there for division on purpose. With even not even the the guise of division. It's it's built in so far that people don't understand even what they're they're doing anymore. Well, we talked about that a little bit last time about how every all they ever want to talk about and they you can attach whoever you want to to the word <laughs> they. Yeah. All you ever hear is unity. We need more unity. And as soon as they talk about unity, the next breath is diversity. And you yeah. say, well, those those two don't have to necessarily be separate all the time, mm-hmm. but the same people who want to talk about acceptance and how everything everything is okay all the time. And how we're all the same, and we should all come together. As soon as that takes it's all one, our money. As, are as soon as it takes one step closer to being true, what happens? We find more ways to divide ourselves. We divide ourselves with words, with actions, with labels. Labels are destructive, and we keep doing it, and we keep doing it. And Steve, you you said it perfectly. As soon as we get, as the second that we get that first that first step of division that first label there's immediately another step and you have to you have to then have a subcategory a subdivision another hyphen another parenthetical after it it happens over and over and over again everyone wants to be special well not everyone is special it used to be what jocks nerds and um Freaks or whatever you'd say. There's like sluts. three. There's Don't like forget sluts. sluts. There's like four different categories at one point in time, and yeah. now there's 
I don't even know. Well, there's categories within categories within categories within categories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we, inception is all it is. It's horrible. We all try to accept so much, and then we we all try to accept so much, and then we uh, put it out there that we're so different from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, we even have we have pictures that make fun of this kind of situation. If there was a zombie apocalypse, we'd have people fight for the zombies. Yes. If there was another terrorist attack. I might. <laughs> They're nicer than half of the ta- people I know. If there's another terrorist attack, we're going to have idiots supporting the terrorists because we we still already kind of have that. Hang on just a second. Steve made a perfect point. <laughs> the zombies at least have a goal. They have a goal. <laughs> That's it. And they are unified. They are, they, and they, they are, are together. You know what? They're, there's no racist. They don't care. Nope. No. Black, white, man, woman. Perfect society right there. They don't Black, attack white, each other. Black, white, purple, green. No, they attack you. They attack so, what, you. so what you're Common saying enemy. is what we can bring together from all of this is that there are no racist zombies. No racist zombies. They don't care what color you are. They will eat you. I think we just found the episode we, title for number two. Tammy we Tam- do it. Tammy looks it. excited. We could write it. Let's hang do on, it, man. Hang on. Zombies. Tammy looks excited and wants to chime in. Do it. Go for it. I would like to nominate any living zombie, any undead zombie for president for the next presidential race. Think about it. Not racist. One focus. Okay, do you really think that if we did that... He that there worry would, about health care. Yeah. First of all, what party would they join? Health care would be a, a bad bad scenario. Yeah, health care would Go not see work your at zombie all. Doctor. And second of all, you know there is going to be some subgroup that is going to say... That they are, you know, somehow being, you know, there's bias against them somewhere from the zombies. I don't know which ones it's going to be. What, what would it be? The spirit world, I guess, that is somehow being discriminated against because, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, we're both hey, we're hey. both dead, but they have bodies and we don't. So I guess we're not equal. No, so we're going to get it. It's a civil rights issue. So now we're going to be back in court. It's Brown versus Board Education in the new era. Oh, good. You're a lifeist, and, okay? You and, only care about those. Wait that a minute. Are living. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can you hear that? It's all of our listeners. Well, not all of our listeners. We have some smart, some really smart people listening. It's some you of our listeners listening. immediately typing in Brown versus Board Education in the, <laughs> in, into Google and trying to figure out what that's about. It, that's exactly what would happen. Even something that simple. If there was, and I cannot believe, why am I saying this sentence out loud? If there was ever a zombie apocalypse, what a stupid <laughs> sentence. Save that, guys. Everybody just save that. Brad Cooper is going with a hypothetical situation but, that is far out of his comfort zone. But that's fine. I'm, I'm the audio editor, so I can do it. Hey. But think about this. Never said it. <laughs> if that happened, there are still people who would and would love to do it, would politicize it. Oh, yes. Look, am I allowed to they say They would make themselves famous. People? Okay, Good nothing luck. that gets said on here is going to go without offending people. You can't speak Steve, anything anywhere without offending people. That was my point. People are so go. freaking delicate. Right. Like, they get offended. Well, I'm offended that you're offended. Who's offending me? It's an offended culture. Can I just punch people in the face if I'm offended? Can somebody defend me for punching people? I agree. People? If you're a snowflake, you can this is an I'm offended culture across the board. Everything I like that people do. are trying to turn the whole snowflake term to like it was. You know, everybody coins that from Fight Club when it was a, a well, movie about the cultists. You know, yeah. male no, misogynist culture. Your, that was about how you're not unique and you're a piece yeah. of trash like everybody else and suck and, it up. And that's but the I'm center sorry. of everything. You destroy yourself. I don't see that term coming just from that movie. Anymore. And that's everything. No. Chuck Polinick writes. Yeah. We, we've been we've heard the term a lot. Polinick is a madman, but he's also a genius, mm-hmm. and there's a fine line. And people right. can't call me but that's weird. What, that's what Paul what? writes. He's gay, yeah. And I still like Steve. him. Steve. 
hundred percent. Openly homosexual, and I like it. He's a br- no he's a brilliant, no homo. brilliant writer. He everything that he writes is rooted in social commentary. <laughs> um, a good friend of mine who lives in Charlotte is a huge Chuck Palahniuk fan. Drove hours to go meet the man, do a meet and greet, and everything. Uh, and and I've gotten to read a lot of work as a result of of what they told me. But Palahniuk is is very brash with what he says. One of my favorite lines ever was a Polonic line in a short story. It wasn't even in a novel. And he said that every liberal, every general studies degree or liberal arts degree should automatically come with a certificate in welding. That way it would be worth something. And I thought, what, <laughs> a, welding, what a genius statement. And you're not going to get that from anybody but Chuck. And actually, we do need more trade jobs, but that's another issue. Or at least no, the let, it, let it fly. At least the ability to count change, for the love of God. So we're not going to go. This coming that. from a former I, bank teller. No, no. By the way. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a lot to say about the whole change thing in mathematics. But real quick, Steve, yeah. zombie question. Uh-huh. All right. If you're in a kindergarten school and a bunch of five-year-old zombies are coming at you, unending, how oh, many do you gosh. think you would take out before they overtook you? Uh, Any means necessary. They're zombies, but they're five-year-old children. After the first one, I think all of them, because I'd have to get past. They're that. unending, though. I mean, just how long? Unending. Do you think yeah, how many things you take out until they get to you? Or overwhelm you? And it's a constant, like you'd have to five take five at a time. You'd have to take into effect, I guess, it'd be like adrenaline and stuff like that. That would suck it out of you. I'd grab one of them, and start hitting the others. Too. Maybe like a hundred of them. Maybe That's like what a, I think. You know, five-year-olds, they're not coordinated. You know, I've intentionally, I've intentionally remained quiet on this. Did you just suggest, in, in the midst of this scenario, <laughs> weaponizing a five-year-old? Taking <laughs> one of the five-year-olds Zombie. to attack the other five-year-olds? Yeah, grab them by the feet, swing around. You know, the heads are hard. Smack them in the I'll other you heads. I, you know what I'm going to do real That's quick? That's how you kill I'm going to do this real quick. a motherfucker with another motherfucker. I'm going to mute my mic for just a second. <laughs> just let you all get this out of your system. Go on. Go on. Coop's gone. Get it out of your system. Are you surprised at all? Go. I'm done. Actually, yeah, I'm that was it. 100. Yeah. I think maybe a few less, a few more. I figure. I figure that. I could probably take out about 100, 150, if depending on weapons or you know. You gotta. You gotta I'm sh- sure you're gonna punch a few. Well, you got to, but you got to destroy the skull and the brain, or the brain stem at least, right? Do you have any allies? Yeah. Is that how zombies scenario? work? I don't know anymore. There's so many. Just hurt the brain. Zombies. I think is all you got to do. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was the brain stem. Not the actual. Well, they, every time they shoot them, it's like frontal. That's true. So that doesn't really affect the brainstem. So uh, every time that somebody gets shot, and yeah, your screen is is blank, Dave. Thank you for showing. Colonel Sanders, screen. look how blank my screen is. Everybody wants you. Yeah, you can. I am. Uh, we'll switch gears here for a second. Yes, I am on a social media hiatus. Facebook is gone. Twitter's gone. Um, Instagram's gone, all that stuff. I do still have Snapchat, uh, Brad Cooper Books, the username. If you and he has AOL Instant Messenger. So. Oh, my gosh. That's a throwback. ICQ. I've still got ICQ, 14954643. <laughs> you bet. And also the other account, 6489222. Why do I remember that? I don't know. But I've gotten gotten away from all that, and I will be bringing it back here shortly because we're going to need to do some stuff for the for the podcast. My chat handles Big Dave 696988. Is that really? Is that real? <laughs> no. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, that's a misnomer. Huh? Oh, gosh. Whoa. 69? Wow. Whoa. You know what? You're walking your ass home, woman. Did it just get cold in here? No, it got real hot because I got burned. I wear shorts. You, boy, you did. Shit. You got burned. Whew. Anyway. Oh. Can't hurt something that makes its own grease, Dave. My pride. Whoa. Can't hurt something that makes its own grease. Notice how I'm trying to stay neutral in this scenario because, you know, Tammy's looking at me like I'm the only one that's that's even remotely nice in this in this particular arrangement. Um. um. 
We do have a little bit of news, and we can break this in a little more detail on social media, especially once I get my account reactivated and do some things in a few days. But we have some fights coming up. We are still Apex. We do still box. We have a lot of things coming up. But we've got a couple of very big, important we things do coming. still box. Well, no. number one. I'm going to put this out there. Some of us have boxed a little more than others. Go for it. No some offense, guys. Been a little lonely. Miss you. Come back and hit me. That's really creepy. Yes. Yes, it is. Is it more creepy the closer I get to the mic? Come back. Fight me. Hit me. Bring it on, big boy. I'm just glad, <laughs> I'm just glad he's still wearing pants at this point. I, oh, no, I, I didn't look over there. I thought he was taking them off. See? Indian fart. What was that? <laughs> no, that was, that was something at the bottom of the table. It's a lot oh. of control. Okay. Kegels. Was Lots little, of kegels. Little, little, and that was Native American. I wasn't being... <laughs> messed up the Asian <laughs> people from India. <laughs> and out of everybody, Steve drops the PC ball the best. I have to. Scratch his PC ball, too. I got bit by a flea, man. My cats have fleas. They suck. Why aren't you washing them? Man, you scrub you that pussy every night. <laughs> Hey, no, they don't have genitalia really anymore. They're brother and sister, and we had them chopped well, off. You so have genitalia, and apparently the fleas found them. Either wash your balls in See, flea dip. Or actually, wash I did them. have a flea that bit me on mid shaft of the penis. It's horrible. Do you have a third head? No, it's in the middle. <laughs> can podcasts have ADHD? I'm not. I haven't seen the new D, the DSM five, so I don't know if we if can. If the people around you have ADHD, then yes so it's a contagion Squirrel. it's yeah it's it's communicable only to everything around it You're police the one car who invited him i'm a little in, i'm a little impressed that cats were just mentioned Cat. and tammy did not go completely off the rails she loves cats she, tammy loves cats i'm the resident you love my nobody cats. loves pussy better than tammy <laughs> cats i remember that story she told me about when she worked uh, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we are not going into that story right now <laughs> What story? <laughs> Which story are we talking about? There's a lot of them now. I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> are you talking about mentally older? Yes. Get comfortable. Well, you yeah. should have went back up a couple years because yeah, you started to slip. Get, get Children's television entertainment. I love it. Watch it every night when I close my eyes. Especially after I saw the eclipse. Now I keep seeing a crescent moon everywhere. Did you look at it like I did? Yeah. I, now, I have I superpowers. Younger. Hey, isn't there Look, a big announcement? Look, it's still there. Isn't there a big announcement <laughs> that we're going to be making there, right there, yeah. there is a big announcement. But I'll, let me add this in real quick before we go on. You mentioned the eclipse. My favorite news story of 2017 has to be the morons in California and Virginia. Suing. Who did not have the glasses necessary to view the eclipse. So they took whatever measures they felt were appropriate so they could view the eclipse. And Steve, Steve, Steve knows <laughs> yes, what it is. I just clicked Steve, Steve knows what it is. Oh, and these are the people who they thought this would be sufficient. They Darwin put, Award. They put sunscreen on their eyeballs. And that is the Darwin what? Award winner And they of had the day. to go to the doctor. And I cannot imagine being the doctor that had to go and listen to this little exchange. Coppertone juice to my eye, okay? Uh, that much. is not going to be the title of this that's episode. Give me a Clorox wipe, you get the hell out. But that's what happened. They put <laughs> these people legitimately put sunscreen on their eyeballs and thought they could look at the eclipse. 
All right. Who is Darwin the Award winner is correct. You glance up. You glance. I don't know who is staring at the sun for more than five we had, seconds. We had 17 like, news channels. Like, it's action-packed eclipse. Look, it just moved a whole millimeter. We had 17 news channels broadcasting this thing in high definition in 1080p, and you're going to go outside and look at it. Ooh, it's dark. You deserve every last thing that happened to you in that scenario. May I just add, we are in no way advocating that you go outside and look at the sun with your eyes right now. It'll make you sneeze. Well, make sure you you won't see it. Make sure you put sun lotion (laughs) on your eyes. A lot of it. (laughs) You can get moonburn right now, though. No, you have to put sunscreen on the lenses of your sunglasses, and then it'll be okay. There we go. That's the answer. It's see when is it a waxing gibbous tonight? What? what? We were talking about a full moon. Never mind. <laughs> Me and Steve were... All right. Sorry. <laughs> we weren't. I promise. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and make this announcement. Yeah. While, All my, right. while my brain still retains the function yeah. to do so. We got some good um, news here. We've, Coach, drop these, these are some big things, and it's things that we've been working toward for a while. First of all, Steve Randolph was supposed to turn pro... Last year. 1,000 years ago. He was supposed to turn pro last year in 2016. And here's what happened. We got everything taken care of. We had... Groundhog Day happened. We had a fight signed, and then Steve got a staph infection and couldn't take the fight. So then we go forward three months. It was syphilis. It was not syphilis. (laughs) So then we... Because that would have shown up on the blood work he got done. Yeah. So then we go forward three months, and everything gets worked out for Steve to turn pro in Huntington on a show that was promoted by a, a few friends of mine at Pullman Plaza Hotel. And we had the opponent set up. We had the contract signed. We had everything. I was on the poster. Uh-huh. Steve was on the poster, and yes. everything was worked out. He had smelly foot rash. So we get there, <laughs> and we get we get the way in done. And guess what happens? His opponent decides. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not show showing up. up. And it's funny that we're doing this show about 9-11 today, and his first name was Jihad. Yeah. So, <laughs> Might have been good he didn't show up. So, well, but, uh, at the on. very least, frisk him. I want everybody to know how frustrating it is when you're ready for a fight. There on the damn day of the fight. That happened to us twice. Last year, in two months, we yeah. had two fighters no-show <clears throat> against someone from our shows. Happened to Dave once uh, when a guy from Virginia didn't show, and then Steve's opponent from Ohio didn't, didn't show for his pro debut. Two the one time. Uh, no, he didn't show. That was canceled a little bit ahead of time. Right, but we've had people no show that were supposed to fight Patrick Pride more uh, in an amateur fight. We've had people come in twenty five pounds overweight. But I digress. It everything just, was. It, it's unprofessional and, it, and it's just it's disrespectful. Like blue Fighting blue balls. It really. It's it a is. whole different. It's, it's worse, a whole different level it's worse of aggression. Than blue balls. You I feel am, like a, a pissed what, off. What do you do with back. it? What you do just want to hit everybody. I am it? not titling this episode "Boxing Blue Balls." I'm just not going. Tammy, don't look so lovingly whenever I say that. Okay. Uh, phrasing, by the way. In any event. Do not speed bag the blue ball. As- <laughs> Maybe your tongue. You can speed bag it with your tongue. Our listeners, please note I am not so participating in this. any of this. No, you can't participate. So we get a, we get a little <laughs> yeah, further. Yeah, hey, we don't want to take anybody out here. We don't want any more CT. But we get a little further into the calendar, and Steve suffers a knee injury. Oh, yeah. Nice Steve, one. Steve, tell me about the knee injury. Um, well, I was sparring with uh, one of our sparring partners, Vince Avery. Mm-hmm. Was it Vince um, you were sparring with? Yeah, that I was sparring night? with it Vince. It was. Vince was moving you hard. You were trying to catch him. He was moving pretty hard. Um I Vince, tracked you need him. to listen to this. You were keeping up with him. I tracked him to throw a left hook to get him to walk into it. And when I planned it to throw my left hook, um, knee went over the tibia and fibia. 
Yeah, all I, all it looked like to us was you just dropped, but it. I felt a snap. I dropped. I went to stand up to walk it off, and, uh, and I happen. fell again and screamed like a little girl for about a few minutes. So when that was the manliest little girl I've ever heard. Yeah. Scream. When was that last year? Uh, when was it? Um, oh, November. Yeah, was that coming November? up on yeah, a year? It's about yeah. a year. Okay, so you know, keep going. Fast forward. You had to rehab that, and we had to do a lot of different things. Uh-huh. But the goal was never. Out of out of sight, out of mind. Anything. No. So we, we knew knows, full well. Steve is now able to get down on both knees and tell you he loves you. We knew, uh, yes. but we knew you well, were going to be ready. Mouth. Thank you. We knew you were going to be ready, and and you were going to get in there and have that pro debut at some point here soon. Yeah. And it's nice that we can finally announce this. Steve will be turning pro, and it's going to be happening in Ashland, Kentucky, at the Boyd County Community Center on November seventeenth. Yes, that is a Friday. In case you're wondering. Uh, but Steve is going to be turning pro. We've got an opponent list narrowed down to two or three. I've got the promoter and the matchmaker working on that. But we do have a pro debut set up. That he's going to have to get the blood work done again. Oh, yeah. I'm not afraid to work it. And if I uh, am, wait, uh, coach so, is going to come hold my hand. So wait, Which we will be doing that. So not not concerned about getting the blood work done a second time. Not as bad, you but so? you're still coming with me. So I'll, I'll be there for Only more. if you skip down. I'll the be there for support. <laughs> together with him. Moral support. Sounds great. Moral support. More. Moral. Moral. I think we know what soundbite to isolate from this show. Thank you. I said moral. So, so that's coming up. You've got it, it on the board. Like this time, you know, the, the opponents that we have in mind are guys that we know to be reliable. We know they're going to show up. They're going to fight. And that's what, that's what we want. We want that to happen. So now that that's lined up, obviously anything can happen. Crazy things always do. Oh yeah. But but how do you feel about that? Finally getting to get in there and turn pro because you've been working for a long time. You've had you know, you've done some MMA stuff. But you've been training forever in a lot of different disciplines. Boxing is your thing. You're amazingly gifted as a fighter. I'm your coach. I get to say that. No, that's right. So how do you? I, get punched, uh, I can say that too. So 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 how do you feel about that? Just just knowing that's on the way, and about two months from now, you're going to be getting in there and turning pro and and fighting for the first time. In a boxing ring as a professional, I'm, I'm relaxed. Um, I don't have any nerves. The first couple times with the announcement, I felt a little bit of nerves. Um, yeah, I'm just ready to really get a good training camp started. So, what do pe- what what can people expect? It's going to be a four round fight, 160, 165 pounds. What can people expect if if they're saying, okay, I don't know if I'm going to fight, if, or if I'm going to go watch Steve Randolph fight or not? What can they expect if they buy a ticket to come watch you fight in your pro debut? What can they expect from you in that in that performance? Um, if I connect cleanly, maybe somebody's taking an early nap. Um, I, I hopefully I'm gonna you know keep my intelligence uh, be you know, relaxed and uh, really have my vision something I focus on really pay attention and pick up on everything that I have. Um, hopefully more firework oriented. Uh, if somebody hits me the wrong way and get, wakes me up, then it'll it'll be a little different. But is there a right way to hit you? <laughs> no, if I get hit and, it, and it wake, if once I feel like I'm being competitive a lot, it, sometimes it takes a little bit to get me. In mm-hmm. the competitive gear, but sure. once I'm there, um, one good shot away. It's, it's different. It's yeah. It's just a waking. Sometimes you coming from a, uh, a consummate pro, Dave Markert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's he knows what's up. Well, that was a broadcast school quality segue, Steve. Thank you so much. Uh, there is another announcement coming up for the Apex team, and as luck would have it, it involves the exact same event on November seventeenth in Kentucky, Dave. 
is going to be stepping back into the ring himself. And this is uncharted territory, and not just for Dave, but for the Apex team as a whole. This is Dave's first 10-round fight. He's fought six, he's fought four, six, eight, and now ten. Mm-hmm. But this Climbing isn't... each time. Each time they're going longer. But this is not your normal... I love it. This is not your normal 10-round fight, because this fight has a belt on the line, and it's not just any belt. It's a shiny belt. This is pretty exciting to get to talk about. Oh, yeah. Now that the contract is signed and everything looks like it's on the way, uh, final approval has been made, commission, sanctioning body, everything is lined up so we can go ahead and announce it. November 17th, 2017, Boyd County Community Center in Ashland, Kentucky. Dave is going to be fighting Travis Hanshaw. Uh, that comes from a fighting family that I've known for a while in boxing. Respect all of them. Respect Travis, Tom, all of them. They've been great to work with. Beautiful He's going to be fighting pedigree. Going to be fighting Travis. Very highly skilled fighter. 12-1 record right now. Uh, first fight against uh, a, a really valid opponent at this weight class, and we know we're going to go in and, and give him a big test, give it our best. This fight's going to be for the WBF Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Championship. And, you know, that sounds W-B-F. great until you... It sounds right. good anyway. Intercontinental. Un- it sounds good until you realize Intercontinental is just one step below world, and yeah. you go, whoa. You know, i, I got to tell you, I didn't see this coming. This is not something that I thought was going to happen when we started doing this boxing stuff. You came back down here in October of 2009, started training a little bit, uh, moved forward with the pro debut. I can't believe I'm saying this. August 28th of 2010. It's been over seven years since that first fight on the Steve Simon show. That Steve... I'm surprised it's only two. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a Steve Simons fight, a Steve Simons event in Morgantown. We Morgantown Steve event Simons, Center. by the way. And Steve Simons, to this day, if I talk to Steve Simons about anything, he brings up that Markert Sepulveda fight. That fight was nominated by a boxing video website for being the untelevised heavyweight fight of the year but whenever you know, that video came out. And the only video that exists is the shaky video that was taken by Dave's, Dave's mom and has the commentary, uh, which is lovely. Of Dave's grandma, I thought Take they grandma were, me before you watch it. I thought they were going to have guards on their face. I love that that statement from your grandma. I <laughs> love Dave's grandma. Helmets, headgear. <laughs> There's nobody better than Grandma Sue. <laughs> so, to to think about where we were then, working basically with a set of mitts and a pair of gloves and maybe some weights out a at stand up bag out at a fitness center <clears throat> in the aerobics room. And then graduated to a place that had a ring for a while, had to leave there because it closed and became a nightclub, which I have no desire to frequent. Yeah, they don't like me boxing in there. And we've done all, we've come all that way. DJ hates me. (laughs) We've come all that way to having Apex, having our own facility, which is held together with duct tape. Duct tape. Well, gorilla tape. Blood, sweat, and tears. It's Uh, blood, sweat, There actually is a lot of blood and sweat. Well, not not many tears. I think we just... Might be some poop. Oh, there's some tears in there. I think we just figured out... coliforms. Dave can't smell them, though. I think we just figured out what we're going to put on the next T-shirt. Blood, sweat, tears, and duct tape. (laughs) So, to think about... Sounds like a good Saturday night, guys. Wow. To think right. about how we've come that, that far, here. we've come that far from yeah. the from truly humble beginnings to a humble present, but with a lot more people. Well, honestly, but now we've got that title coming up, Dave. You've already won, Steve. You won a semi pro championship in a tough man contest. Yeah, and, and, and tough man is what it is. But you still had to go out there and win it, and you did. Yeah, you've 
acquired belts in jiu-jitsu, and you've moved forward, and that, that is an accomplishment. Dave, you won your first professional boxing championship with an ABA title last year, beat a very talented guy in Daniel Craycraft, and what, in my mind, is the best start-to-finish performance of your career. That showed your growth because for the first time in your career, and I mean, you had won fights, you had fought well, entertained a lot of people. Steve Simons used to say, you're a promoter's dream. Mike Shepard said the same thing watching you fight. But that was the night that for the first time, you had no amateur fights. You had no amateur fights. Hmm. You had no training until we really got started. Okay? That was the first time. I did have a little training out of Penn State, but But that was the first time for me. Yeah. Ever. We went into that you went into a you went into a fight and you didn't fight you boxed. Yeah. That was the first time you boxed. And I'm not talking about the way in which you did it and the game plan and the strategy and the execution. You went in there and you weren't fighting, you were boxing. And you went in and outboxed a guy who is a boxer. You outboxed a guy who was just, who was a tremendously skilled guy in Daniel Craycraft. Triple digits mm-hmm. in amateur fights has fought all over the place, has fought for regional titles in his past I think as his a record, professional. He had three times more fights than I did, yeah. and, and at he's, least, just he sheer did. experience. He was, he was three or four times more fights in his professional career than you, and you went in and outboxed him and won a title and then had to upstage yourself and propose to Tammy, and the only person who in the building knew that was going to happen was me because the ring had been in my safe for two months. Yep. But all that had happened. Couldn't lose. And now we get to this point. And you are not just a professional fighter, and you're not just a fighter that's won a professional title. You're a known commodity. And people seek you out. They want to watch you. You're a memorable guy. And now you have this opportunity to fight 10 rounds for a a major professional championship, intercontinental level. Win, lose, draw, no matter what happens, the fact you've reached that point is huge. That's a tremendous accomplishment on its own before the bell even rings. What are your thoughts going in? I I know the look on your face whenever I told you that this offer had been made. I didn't even really need to say, do you want to take it? It was obvious. I could have forged your signature. I could have forged your signature on the contract. But now now that we're to that point and we can look at it, as a reality, as something to prepare for, as more than just a goal. It's something that that is on the calendar. We're going to go do it. Your thoughts on the fact that it's about to happen, and where and what that means to you, not just as a fighter, but and it's okay to say this personally. We do everything as a team. I know that, but personally, what does it mean to you as an accomplishment to have reached this point as a professional prize fighter? Well, when we started, like you said, it was me and you. <laughs> That was it. Hell, we didn't have any sparring partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we had a fight and finally started getting out there, being seen by other people. And really, the humble beginnings and everything. There's nothing special about the story, but I like it. We had you to know? learn as we go. Yeah, we had nothing. But as we grew and as we got out there, all we did was train hard, fight hard, and be honest to who we are. And no matter what, all kinds of... We've had some pretty silly shit happen to yes, us. Yes, we have. Uh, but I always... On your side, my side, individually and as a team. And I've always said the same thing. Let's keep doing what we do. We're going to work hard, keep our head up, and move forward. Mm-hmm. If if we did something wrong, fine. It'll come out. But I've, not, I've always said, let's just keep moving forward as who we are. And we have. And it's got us to this point. And I've, not only to this point for me for fighting, but for Apex. I actually wanted it to be exactly what it is. Maybe we're not the biggest, baddest gym, but people know if you want to work hard, you come with us. 
All right. And that's kept as many people away as it has attracted yeah. them. It drives more people away than yes, it brings. Yes, it does. But that also has brought me some great friends and great people and actually has helped me grow as a fighter. Well, here we are. So yeah. beyond anything, just to get to this point, the title is great. The 10 rounds is better. The 12 and 1 monster opponent, yeah. I, I you, wanna, you live for that. I want to fight somebody that's a challenge. And it's just, I, I I know a lot of people probably hate me. They think, you know, oh, you don't deserve this fight, this, that, and the other. But I've battled my way. I'm not getting knocked out. I'm at least fighting smart, making it through these fights. Maybe I'm not the best choice, but the hell if I'm not going to turn this down. So if you don't like me, kiss my ass. I'm going after this belt, and I'm going to fight like a motherfucker. Well, you know what? You fought Mike Snyder here in Beckley. Uh, in, in April of 2016, he hurts people. And, you know, that, Mike Snyder can punch. Mike is a great guy. His train, his trainer Tim Wheeler is a great guy. I've known, I've known Tim for years. Tim refereed the first fight yep. you ever had with Adam Sepulveda. I've known Tim literally as long as I've known anyone in this business other than Steve Simons. That was a fight that was. It was a war. It was memorable. Uh, people still talk about that fight. They bring it up to me. And as great as that fight was. He hit you. He knocks you down. Okay. You went eight rounds. He just went out to Las Vegas, fought Linnell Bellows, who has a major promoter behind him, who has had big fights. There's a lot of hype surrounding him. Mike knocked him out in two rounds. So you know what? That ought to and tell. I know why. That ought to tell people something about what you can do. Yeah. When I look at this about the belt, and it's certainly not about me. You did this. This is your work, and it's no, not about me. But you've I'll guided me the right way. But I'm going to tell. But I'm going to tell you this. When it comes to how you look at this with the fight and what it means to you personally and with the team, the belt, as it is in any title fight, is the reward for winning the fight. The opportunity is a reward for doing the for work. What I've done. This is the reward for doing the work. The hard work. And you have done the work. And this, just as fights are not won solely on the night of the fight, they are won in the gym. And they are, they're won in the nights you're not even in the gym, when you're eating the right things, when you're making the right choices, right. when you're saying no to the right things and saying yes to the right things. Just as that is the case, I'm telling you, this is a fight that is not out of reach because of those choices. Oh, no. It's those choices that have enabled this to be true. And I look at this overall, and the ABA title was a great win. Beating Craycraft was a great win. I look at that, and I realize now that maybe now more than ever, looking at it and, and what it's been over the years, we all kind of have a piece of that belt. You won, oh, yeah. you won that fight. Yeah, but anybody but, that worked with me that was there, blood, sweat, and tears together in that gym. We had a great corner that night. I mean... We had such a good corner that corner, night. It was me, Steve, teammates. Scott Kuhn, and Patrick Pridemore. Yep. And, yep. and you know, that was... Seymour was It was there. such a great microcosm for me of... Uh, that night was for <clears throat> for everything that we had done. That was a bad day for me. Oh, um, that was the day of my uncle's funeral. Yeah. After spending several months at UVA with an illness. And he passed away... A few days before that, had to go to the funeral. And I went to that funeral. Very, very difficult day. Very difficult day. Left there, went down to work. What was, and will probably always be, no matter what happens in this one, the biggest fight I'll ever work. That was a big night because I knew the, I knew the proposal was coming. I knew you were going to win the fight, but I didn't know exactly how it would play out. I knew how good Craycraft was. All of those things. And as all of that was playing out, we go into that fight. And I've been there since the beginning. 
and I'm in the corner running lead. Patrick was one of the first people to join us, and yep. Patrick's story is amazing. We got to get Patrick in here. Actually, Patrick's yeah. story is: you can watch boxing, and you can write about boxing, and do all these things in the sport as long as you ever want to. You'll never find a story better than Patrick Pridemore's story. Plus, sure. he's a ginger. And I, am, I am, but he's the ginger ninja. But I am, and his initials are PP. I am. Ble- <laughs> he hates that. I am blessed to be a dick. I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of that story that he has that he has crafted. But he was there, and he had a, he had a place there as much as anybody ever did. Steve came in with that wave of guys: Dave Green, Seymour, all of those. Yeah. He, and and has been such an amazing help in every way. From training to the the emotional support, physical support, all those things, comedy relief. Throughout all of our process, there are days when he's when it, yeah, it's me, Dave, and Steve at the gym. That's it. But to be there and to be that reliable, you hit him, he doesn't hit you. Don't look at me like that, Tammy. Tammy is in the gym doing her own thing. We'll yes, throw that call Ab- Ab- she's always you are there, there and, and and you're there with that kind of support. You've been there around the same time that Patrick was, amazingly enough, just and a little bit before up, that. Too. Yeah. She beats us up sometimes. Well, not us, because I'm nice, and she doesn't hit she me. She punches us in the belly sometimes. Do I need to replay the clip from earlier? Oh. But, you know, Steve was there and and, and running, running things in the corner with me, and he was up on the apron. And the other one was Scott Kuhn. Mm-hmm. And Scott doesn't do a ton of work with Apex, but he's a friend in the business. And he was, yeah. I think, kind of there as an archetype of the exa- an example of of the people that we've met in this sport that we consider to be friends mm-hmm. that was there to help there to do a lot of good things with us. He was there to share in our victory with us as well. And yeah. we have that team picture of all of us yes, with, with the belt in the locker room after that fight. And Scott's right there with us. And, and I, I, I'm so thankful to Scott Coon for that uh, and everything that he's done in the sport. And he's a terrific coach, but he was, I think representative there of all the people we've met oh, in the yeah. sport. So we've got the we've got those two fights coming up. I found out today another friend of mine is going to be fighting on that show as well. Slocum. Eric Slocum is going to be fighting on that show, and like Eric Slocum Eric. will be an Apex Live guest here soon as we well. We like Eric. So we've got a lot of that stuff. He's a good guy. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, but that right there. Just had another, uh, well, his first baby. Yes. Eric and his wife, Alyssa. That's their first kid. Yeah. Eric's got like four now. But that's their first That's child. their first, yes. And then Dave's face palming <laughs> Oh boy, we're gonna have Eric on here, and we'll I cover. Think it was the way you said it, not the fact that he's got four kids. How you just said. It. We're gonna have four. We're gonna we're gonna have maybe all four kids on here to, to talk about Eric as well. <laughs> I think that that could be interesting insight. Uh, we'll have Eric on as a guest, and he's oh, gonna yeah. he's gonna be a little inflammatory, but that's what we've got oh, coming up. Awesome. And I hope everybody's uh, I hope everybody's going to enjoy that, and hope they come out and support us. We're gonna have tickets here probably within the next week or so. Tell you what, beyond support us, if you're a boxer within the area and it's not November seventeenth yet, bring your ass out to Apex. Come get a little work. Come get some work. It's not gonna kill you. I nope. need it too. And if it does, we're sorry. Please. So without further ado, Be <laughs> before we uh, before we sign off for the evening. It is top five time, and as Steve selected the topic last time, it is our top five favorite Nintendo Entertainment System games. So that's not Super NES, that's not N64, any of that. It's the old school 8-bit, got to blow in them to work. 
Sometimes you got to hit the side of them, all that kind of stuff. Lick your pinky finger and run it along <laughs> the uh, board there. Yeah, I don't. I used to know somebody lick inside it. I was like, dude, that's a terrible idea. No, the way that you Q-tips did it, you were supposed to get the little bit of alcohol on, with the Q-tip. That's how they recommended to clean them, but mm-hmm. people didn't listen. So it's your top five games, and not only is it your top five games, but you got to tell us why they're on the list because some of them are indefensible. I'm not saying that anyone is more predisposed to that than anyone else, Dave. So. Right. So, guess first, Dave, your top five uh, NES games of all time. Do they actually have to be in order or just five? They don't order? have to be in order, but you can just give us five. Well, five was Wizards and Warriors. I used to like the old school adventure Creepy. games. Side-scrolling. So, is, is that in the same series? Like, I, I remember Iron Sword yes. was one of those. So, it's in that series. Yeah, there's Wizards and Warriors, Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 3, and then there's a fourth, and God knows what else they made. But it was the old... I just remember playing that back in the day. My dad would play that all night. We kept trying to beat the bosses. So your dad played with yeah. you on that. But this is only this was the immediate continue. So, so if his, you turned so his off, big you start away from yeah. his hands with those little tiny controllers. Yeah. I'm, no wonder Actually, you we, we no had, wonder he couldn't beat you. We had the super <laughs> controller add-on thing, so it kind of had a little joystick. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, so Wizards and Warriors one or two or just one. I I liked them all, but preferably one. One. Okay. One was Contra. Number four, okay. course. Excellent right. choice. Good choice. I mean, Contra, you blow shit up, you run around. And What's the uh, extra man code? What's up, the up. correct code? What's the correct one? Not the one that people get wrong. Up, What's up, down, down, down left, left, right, left, right, right B-A, 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 start. No second B-A, B-A. It's just B-A, just B-A. and then start. That's it. Well, you suck. <laughs> B-A, and then select, select and start codes. if you're going to make it two-player. Correct, start Dave Market. Select if you're going to play two-player. Okay. And what was the best gun? The Konami code. The spreader. Yeah, the spreader. Yeah, the spreader, man. Always I mean, and the laser was good and powerful, but it sucked. Especially because if you hit it too quick, it, like, fucking would, like, a little dick you. It wouldn't go all the way out. It was, you would get full extension. It was what, man? Just the tip. Just the tip would come out. It would out. be just the tip. Just the tip. All right, next. Tammy is so <laughs> facepalming right now and barely peeking out to look at me disapprovingly. I'm not the one saying Actually, it. these next three, I couldn't Here think of Here comes the, the laser. Oh. <laughs> and it's gone again. Damn it. Tammy, I scared the little guy. Here Come comes on. the laser. Come on. Just the tip. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to n- number these, but next one was uh, Bubble Bobble. I gave it three. That's Bubble Bobble is actually kind of a cool game. That's an old arcade classic, yeah, too. I mean, I just, that was that's one a port game you play arcade. forever. And that was a team-up game. You couldn't play it by yourself. You always played with friends, because you play it by yourself. It was fucking boring and brutal. What if you didn't have any friends like me? You play by yourself. I, play with, I played with <laughs> two both, controllers. Actually, I played with both controllers two at controllers. one time. I had the one freaking dinosaur just sitting right there blowing bubbles, <laughs> and I was moving with the other one. You think I'm joking. I played I. None of, us think you're, none of us think you're joking. <laughs> Screw you, guy. I was cool. That's why I've got the compressor on. Okay, go. Right. Number Two, four. Zelda, okay. of course, because Zelda's just badass. And then number one, Punch-Out. I can't tell you how many times good. I would just put Punch-Out on there and fight. Okay. Good list, Steve. Excellent. Uh, list. I will go with... The first one. By the way, Steve's uh, super improving. Cat- He's not writing this. Steve's down. going Steve's totally off the cuff, cool. and this could be dangerous. Hey, guess what? I have this at home, um, <laughs> so I play these games. Um, super Tech Mobile because it was the my first Madden. Um, Great call. You can man. make your own playbook up. Uh, yep. You can take and be the best team and destroy everybody, or you could be the worst team and still destroy everybody, which was the Browns. Probably. No, actually, oh, they, were, they weren't Browns bad. Were, Browns were good they on were, that game. Pretty good. That was could, Bernie Kosar yeah, was and Mike Golick and all those guys. That was so, a good team. That wasn't bad. I mean, you could probably, what, I guess it would be the the Rams. that were, They were pretty bad. 
Everett was their quarterback. They were pretty yeah. crappy. Everybody used Seattle. The, everybody used the Raiders though because of Bo New Jackson. New England, yeah, because Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen, those guys. Or you had uh, the Giants and Lawrence Taylor. You could never get away from him. LT. Well, that was the cocaine. Yeah, he was <laughs> the cocaine. You, if you play a video game with a coke fueled linebacker, you're gonna sack him every time. <laughs> That's gonna suck. That's just That's physics. Did you hit the boost? No, he's just that fast, man. Um, number four, Tetris. I love Tetris. It's, you know what? Uh, actually, yeah. the yep. monotony of yep. Tetris. Okay. Number four. So, uh, Tecmo Bowl is five, four, Tetris. Okay. Um, three, Mega Man 3, because Mega it's Man. hard and it's hard to play now as an adult. You have to beat them in sequence. If yep. you don't beat them in Directly. sequence, you don't beat the game. And when you're like 10 years old, you don't understand that. So, it takes you forever. Good call. Um, number three is Flying Dragon. Um, I have no idea what that is. It's Fried Dragon. It's, it's like a Thank an you, adventure Dave. type game, but it it actually turns from an adventure to a like a ring fighting game. Um, each opponent they'll have like little weaknesses. They also have their strengths. Okay. Um, you have multiple people. You you just kind of go through the bosses on that. Um, number two would be Ring King, um, <laughs> because. Uh, the it. super punches in that are pretty good, but now that I found out that um, it, it. it means something other than that, you know, it means getting some head there. Uh, I ask my girl for some ring king sometimes. Uh, doesn't usually happen. My uh, sweet bags of blue balls. My ex Tammy just pulled the e brake mentally. She was on the phone and zoned, you know, kind of listening, and then heard ring that. King. And, Whoa! Yeah, some rain. Well, there's a reason why that it became I wanna, I wanna, a colloquialism. I love for some video games when we get home to call it ringking. So why is that? It's because of the, the animation between of, rounds. Of, uh, okay, yeah. um, it's a it's a tie it's a game. Kickboxing I game. guess it's like a yeah, the traditional uh, Muay Thai fighters whenever they're in their corner, um, their trainer will pull out on their on their shorts and push it back in to, to push the air out of the diaphragm so they can actually recover quicker. That is not what it looks it like. It doesn't look like that. No, you're yeah. lifting off the groin it looks protector. Like, but they're I mean they're really shut I know, I'm just in. saying so people know you're yeah. it happens advice too. You're pulling the groin yeah. protector away, giving them more room to breathe. Well but this is eight bit technology. This is not just, being reflected. <laughs> this isn't just arm movement. This is a full trunk to uh top of the head movement. It looks uh-huh. pretty good. There's a reason why they call yeah. Get a little head, what's Ring fuzzy, King. What's yeah. that fuzzy thing? Now it's gone. Ring King. Yeah, my uh, my ex-wife's mother uh, blasted me on Facebook because I let my six-year-old play it because uh, all the nasty uh, gameplay you and, and, and never porn. Fucking known if you hadn't pointed it out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, that's one of the reasons why I really really like it. Um, <laughs> and number one's a toss-up because I really really love Contra and I really love uh, Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. But when I Finally beat Tyson's punch out when I was 28 years old. <laughs> That's a good feeling. It was a great feeling. Fuck you, sucked. Tyson. Did you knock him out or win on points? I, I knocked him out. Yeah. you got to so, get 5,000 points to beat him on points. He's hard. On that game. 5,000 points. That's hard. So, Tyson's punch out, okay. number one. All right. My number five, This was, I got this. I bought my number five game and my number one game at the same time. I was at the state basketball tournament in Charleston with my brother, Kenny. And we went down there to do that, and KB Toys had a buy one, get one free sale on NES games. Good toy store. And Captain Skyhawk was the game I got for free. That was the free game. And it, it it was a game. I got that one, and I got my number one game together. And then I bought a controller called the Flight Grip. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I've still got it. It's this little specialized controller, and it does. It looks like the yoke of a, of a plane. And it's got the V button uh, or the A button 
right where your thumb is. The B button is a trigger, and then you've got a directional pad, start and select up top. Great little controller. It's got an auto-fire function. Hmm. Totally a third-party knockoff, but it was a great thing. So I got those together, and I could only play Captain Skyhawk if I, for a long time if I had that flight grip with me. Huh. So that's number. It's a great game, a lot of fun, flight simulator. Um, you have to take out an alien ship. Drone so. training. You know what? It kind of it kind of is drone training in an eight bit world. Number four, bases loaded. I, I love bases play- loaded. Great base. Yeah. Bases okay. loaded. Okay. The first one Excellent. they tried to get a little too crazy with the other base bases loaded as it went on, but the first one was always best. I always used the Jersey team, and I yeah. can tell you the lineup: Ryder, Becker, Paste, Bay, Ford, James, Brown, Warren, and then the pitcher spot. I can throw out words pitcher. too. Um, it depends on who you used. Okay. It always depends on, on which pitcher on which team. So I, I always love playing that game. Bases loaded. And you know, Major League Baseball was a great game because they had real players and numbers mm-hmm. and everything. But Bases Loaded was always my favorite game because that's the first baseball game I played for anything other than the Intellivision. Well, it looked good, too, for the time. It looked for great. For the time, it looked tremendous. Awesome. And the gameplay was kind of realistic, all things It was considered. nice. Number three, and this is such a cop-out pick, I know, but Mario Brothers won. Yeah, yeah. Good. nothing wrong with Mario. Because when, yeah. when you start, yeah. when you play... Played it in our age group. That was the first game you played. The NES did not come with yeah. Super Mario Three. It came with one. Yeah. And, and you know when I've got mine, when I got my first system, it was Mario One, Duck Hunt, and World Class Track Meet on yes. the same oh, on, on track the same field. cartridge. Track and field. I had the power pad. Yeah, the track and so field. So I could run, oh. and I was unbeatable at that. Did you use your hands or your feet? I used my feet. All right. And I was unbeatable. <laughs> Some people Did feet. anybody have the power glove? And I that think wasn't that the, a glove. And it I believe just... that the last... Uh, I believe the last guy you had to beat on was horse class or track cheetah. Was cheetah. cheetah, cheetah, and it was really, really hard. Cheetah sucks. And as we all know, Cheetah was on steroids. Cheetah was on steroids. <laughs> cheetah, cheetah, Cheetah Armstrong was his name, I think. Yeah, but he was only half a man. <laughs> uh, number two, number two should come two as a birds. surprise to no one. Knight Rider. Of course. It was not even that great of a game in its design, but it, it was, was a fun. lot of fun. It was Knight Rider. I was good at it. I could drive kit. It made my life. And it was Knight Rider, damn it. Did you pull right in the back of the truck sometimes? <laughs> Never. You, like, you didn't even what? get cl- You had to pull up behind the truck and it would like give, give you, you supplies. Okay. Yeah. And You're thinking of Road Blaster or whatever. Yes, yes. Spy Blaster or whatever. Spy Hunter was the one you had Spy to drive Hunter. up in the I truck. Was close Road to Blasters it, yeah. was my favorite, one of my favorite arcade games ever with that steering wheel. Those steering wheels. And the never steering wheel right was though. just like the Knight Rider mm-hmm. steering wheel in the car. Mm-hmm. But I loved playing that game, and Knight Rider was so much fun. Even if, even if it was repetitive, there were still some nuances to it. Sure. But I got to drive Kit, and how much fun is it? And what's weird is Hello, the, game, the game came out. He, why did he sound like an angry Brit there. <laughs> but that game came out in 1988, I think. The show went off the air in Super 86. They were late making the game. They so, did, they But they capitalized good. on it, and that was good. And number one, easy pick, River City Ransom. Ransom. One of the best... A co-op game that you could also play one player. You had to buy all the stuff. It was really, if you look at it for what it was, it was one of the first RPGs. It was yeah. ahead of its time. It was one of the yeah. first role-playing games. Bad. And it, came, it was from Technos Japan. A lot of fun. It was a game that if you tried to make it now, Congress would go (laughs) berserk. It's a game where you've got two brothers who are under 18 who have to go fight gangs and then break, get into the high school and rest into a high school and beat up the gang leader to rescue their kidnapped girlfriend. Like double dragon was the same thing. 
but it they was, were all of age. Yeah, they were older, like twenty or. But it whatever. wasn't a high school. No, yeah, there was no high school. There was there it, was there was domestic violence. People involved. complain. And there was the uh, the hookers with the chains that walk around. <laughs> people complain about Grand Theft Auto games. Love that game. <laughs> and Congress gets on people about Grand Theft Auto games. And yeah, there's plenty of content in there that'll make people mad. Could you imagine if somebody tried to make that game with today's graphics with that storyline now? They'd go insane. I, I, I'd play it. Oh, of All course right. I'd, I'd play it too. But it, it's such a great game and a lot of fun. And I think that sums it up for a top five. But I think we've covered a lot of ground tonight. We like Nintendo. A lot of ground. I like retro. Yeah. I like new games. New games are fine. But, you know, 60 bucks a piece. It's easier to fire up an emulator and play some of the great games of the past. Because you didn't have... If it works, I'll still use my Nintendo. Well, think about it. I've got one over it's here. But think about it. I might have the... <laughs> Click, 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 push it in, slam it not, down. Not if you use the top loader. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying I have the old... But think about what games... buy a new shit. Come on. Think about what games are like now. Everything's so graphics-heavy, just like movies are so graphics-heavy. Mm. Whenever you didn't have those capabilities, you had to substance. make the gameplay so much better. And it, that is, it's substance over flash. And the gameplay well, I mean, from back then... first-person shooters. All it is is freaking... I enjoy that. It's yeah. Doom. Yeah, remade it's Doom over and over. Graphics. It was good, though. It's Doom remade. And Quake remake. What was better than all those? Quake 3. Quake Zero three. tolerance. Zero tolerance for Sega Genesis, but that's a different I'll tell list. you what. Yes. That's a different uh, list. What was it? Uh, Oregon Trail. That was the best. <laughs> that was pretty good. Dave would rather play Custer's Revenge. I would. <laughs> Dave died. Ah, the penis Dave died of dysentery. Ah! That doesn't oh, no. Matter. Here comes the dildo. Again. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, he's referencing the movie The Goods by Hard Sell Hard, but the way it came out just did not translate all that well. He tried. I don't care if people know it's from a movie or if they just think I'm weird. You Both. Didn't, you, didn't even need <laughs> the, you didn't even need the rest of that sentence. You could just say, I don't care, I and don't it get, I, I pretty much it. translated, I What did you used to say? My apathy was uh, legendary. Legendary? <laughs> Whenever I decided to turn it on. Apathy level legendary. Let the world burn. It's okay. But let the world burn. What I, is this? A Batman movie? I don't use that often. You just want to let the world yes, burn. Yes, you do. Eh, when it's needed, and when people are crossing the road going diagonally instead of straight across. <sighs> you know what my favorite part of this oh, God, is? I'm how many statements there have been in the course of this show that, as soon as they came out, they were immediately just swatted down like the Kimbe Matumbo blocking a shot in the middle of the key <laughs> by, no, ta- no, by no. Tammy. <gasps> Nope, that's not true. Get that out of here. Oh my gosh. Well, I gotta stretch my legs here. Hang on. And I wanna add one more for it. Thanks. No. Tammy's pregnant. (laughs) That is not funny, sir. That was hysterical. Wait a minute. You pregnant? Yeah. Didn't I tell you? Who you been with? That's what I always say, but I don't know the answer to that. Dave shooting blanks, is that the issue? Not pregnant. Yet. (laughs) Yet. Hang on. That's a goal at some point in life, right? Oh, wait. Ring King. Never mind. She ain't getting pregnant with Ring King. (laughs) You can take in the gut two different ways. What is happening? Here and here. True. You don't want a gut? Either way, she ain't getting pregnant, though. Go ahead and say it, Steve. Go ahead and say it. Take in the the butt. butt. Or in the mouth. Yeah, but that doesn't rhyme. Tammy, I, mm. I did not intend this. Mm. I'm so sorry. 
human punching bag next session, everybody. Come in and join me in hitting my husband and Steve. The queen has spoken. Not the blue balls. The queen. They probably will be blue by that point. The queen has spoken. Targets are open. No belt lines. Uh, Hey. I wear a cup protector. Yeah, Yeah, I'm wearing that now, too. I can lift it. You wear a protector, but not headgear. We know what's important. Yeah. (laughs) My balls. That's it. Brain. He's only got one left now, but you know. Well, this has been terribly interesting. For I got me, one hemisphere left, actually. <laughs> for me and for the rest of us who have been listening to this, if you've made it to the end, send us an email. God bless you. Send us an email. Email address is apexlivepodcast at gmail.com. We're going to have Twitter and Facebook running up here soon. And I'm going to start a Snapchat because I think an Apex Live Snapchat where you can snap us 10-second yeah. videos that we can play. And, and my girlfriend can't see after 10 seconds? That sounds good. This could be hysterical. So we're going to do that. We'll probably have an Instagram, have some shots going on as we record. But we've got a lot of that stuff coming. Stay tuned. We're going to be on. We're already on SoundCloud. Hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll oh. be on iTunes. We'll be on Stitcher. Check out Apex Combat on Facebook just to keep up with the boxing side. Absolutely. And you can, you can find us anything you need. We've got Apex on Twitter, uh, Apex on Facebook. A lot of information for all the stuff we do, and we'll keep you updated as those things start to evolve more and more in the coming days and weeks. Dave, Tammy, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes. And don't forget, you got to have balls to conquer the world. Vinny Paz. <laughs> Steve? Yes. Thank enjoyed you, episode you. two, sir. Yes. Now i got to listen to episode one. Thank you. I'm glad that yeah, you are. Uh, Really? Did they what? That's good.